Oh yeah! What's up everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Remember, this show is all about you. Call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Your name, where you're from, and what do you want to talk about? We have plenty to talk about. We have a special guest on the show, my buddy, longtime tech reporter, works for KTLA Channel 5 in LA, uh, someone who I just respect and admire and has always been around this world of Apple. We're going to talk about the MacBook Pros, the new stuff surrounding that. I guess um, there's a new issue, potentially, I guess we might call it Freezergate, also the latest iPhone leaks, and some fun stuff around the iPhone as well. Before we get to the interview, you can support this show at patreon.com slash Tong. It's a sponsorship, $1 a month, which is about a quarter per episode, or $5 a month, which is like a cup of coffee. If I've given you any value, I'd love it if you could support this kind of new venture, new journey that I'm doing. I keep hustling, I keep the fire burning, and I thank you, all of you, who continue to listen, tell your friends about this, five-star review it on iTunes, and continue to support uh, this whole new thing that we're building moving forward. So without further ado, let's go check it out. We're going to talk tech with my man, Rich DeMuro. All right, everybody, I told you Rich was going to be in the house. Rich DeMuro, tech reporter for KTLA Channel 5 in LA, and also just a longtime techie. You've been covering tech for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. Welcome to the show, Rich. Thanks for having me, Brian. And I just want to say you are doing a great job oh my with all this stuff. You are you are hustling, man. I love it. I love the podcast. I love the YouTube vids. Wow. The YouTube video thumbnails. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Someone's doing their homework way too much. Right? <laughs> no, I just I just love that you know you you made this amazing transition. I think it's awesome. So I think you're you're keeping true to yourself and. Uh, it, it shows. Oh, thanks so much, Rich. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, we've Rich and I have known each other for years. Just we have a connection from a previous employer, and just going to all these tech events, going to CES. It's pretty much guaranteed that we run into each other. So it's always just we're kind of connected, even though we aren't always connected, right? I guess that's the way the digital age these days. Pretty much. And you also wanted to work at Channel One News, which is that where is I worked true. at one point. So that's that that's true. that was the ultimate. That's how we first connected. And. You have such a good memory to even drop that bomb on me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you probably forgot about that. That's so long ago. That is that is awesome. So, Rich, we're going to talk tech. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with some of the stuff you're working on, we're going to we're going to talk plugs later as well. But can you kind of tell people what are the things that you're doing? So, I mean, I, I'm, my main job, I'm a reporter at KTLA Channel Five in Los Angeles. I cover tech for both them and a whole bunch of stations around the nation. And then on the side, I do my own stuff. I do my website, RichOnTech.tv. I just wrote a book about the oh, iPhone, yeah. 101 handy tech tips for the iPhone. I do a podcast daily, Rich on Tech, so that you can find that. Um, I blog. I love to visit these giant roadside gas stations that are like <laughs> larger than life. I do a lot of random videos on Facebook that are not necessarily tech-related. I do taste tests just for fun. You know, it's like we have these tools, like you know, where you can just be your own, like whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just really fun to use them. So I, try, I tried Instagram TV for a week, but I gave up on that. I think a lot of people have actually, you know, I don't, that it's still there, but I'm just like, uh, I'm going to watch YouTube anyways. Yeah. It's like you, it's a different way of thinking. Like in, in Instagram, you're literally checking it 150 times a day mm-hmm. and you're only going on there for a couple seconds at a time. Whereas YouTube, you know, you're going to sit and watch something, right? Yeah. So Instagram TV is like this weird thing where your brain is not really, it's not, 
it's not conditioned to sit there and watch. So I think people are literally flipping through Instagram TV the same way they're flipping through their Instagram feed. Totally, right? totally. I, I haven't, honestly, I don't think I've watched a single IGTV video for longer than, I mean, I might even say longer than 15, 20 seconds. Right. And I think, I think that's why they built that amazing transition. That's my favorite part of YouTube, of uh, Instagram <laughs> TV is that little static transition. I just love seeing that. So <laughs> it's like the old school days. Old school, and baby. So it just makes you want to click even more, which is sad for everyone on there. So yeah, IGTV, we'll, we'll see how it ends up. It's, you know, it's their first run. We'll see how it evolves. And really, Rich could talk, we could talk about everything tech. We're here talking Apple Bits XL, just kind of the latest and greatest. And we know that the MacBook Pro reviews are slowly trickling out. They didn't really release them to everyone. It's, it's one of those things where people, most organizations, some got them, but most people that do these reviews, they had to buy them and order them and they're waiting for them. There are some that are out now, but I think the big thing, first of all, we'll talk about this whole, everyone knows or has probably started to hear about this whole freezer gate thing, but at least initially, the reviews overall were really positive. The solid state drive on this is ridiculously fast, copying something like a five gig file in roughly two seconds, which is kind of bonkers when you think about that. That's amazing. That That is amazing. And also, right, they've been touting this whole 15-inch model with the core i9 processor, six cores, their eighth generation Intel chip at 2.9 gigahertz, a, a, really a beast. But what happened, and I don't know how much of this that you were able to see, Rich, but did you get a chance to see that video about this YouTuber, David Lee, basically put it to the test and said that when using intensive processes and tasks, the actual processor throttles down because it can't handle the heat. Were you able to look into that that much? Yeah, I watched this video and it's pretty impressive. I love the way this uh, YouTuber kind of, he took a very, it's not a very like hated approach to the, you know, to the MacBook. He loves this thing. He uses it, you know, clearly he's a creator um, but he's kind of sad because you've got this monster of a machine that 90% of people that are spending big bucks on don't realize that it's not living up to its full potential because it's basically getting too hot to actually use the processor to the max. Yeah, I was, so I'm actually, look, I'm like, I, you know, I'm hustling. Like you say, we're both hustling and I have an older MacBook pro and I really do. I've been waiting for something that I needed that extra power to kind of hold me over. So I have one that is on order that is going to get here in the next few days. And most of the reviews are overall are very positive. But when I saw this, it made me pause. And, you know, this is one person, this guy, David Lee has a great reputation amongst the community, but it makes you pause when you think, okay, he actually did a test here where he put the MacBook Pro in a freezer and ran a render test and compared the difference. And so let's say out of the freezer, the MacBook Pro rendered a 4K file, which was around five and a half minutes in 39 minutes. But then when he put the MacBook Pro in a freezer, it rendered that in 27 minutes. That's a significant difference. And it, it was just to illustrate how much Apple is potentially throttling this machine when it gets too hot. Again, he's really the only person that has brought this issue to light because we don't have enough really out there. But I can't imagine that his, this is going to be necessarily an isolated incident, especially, I'm just going to put it out there, I think Apple has started to we kind of scare us or give us this idea that a lot of these issues that we see early are actually coming to fruition, actually happening. We had iPhone bend gate, we had touch disease, we had the iPhone battery and throttling issue, we had the MacBook Pro keyboards, where initially 
people on the internet were saying, this is an issue, it's happening. Apple denied it, Apple denied it. And then maybe a year and a half or two years later, they finally end up coming clean. And I really just hope this isn't the case and that they can do some tweaks. But it, it makes me pause and a little concerned, like, are we getting a machine that is supposed to be super powerful, but in most cases when you're doing that work, high-end video editing, it just can't handle it. Well, and Apple comes clean only some of the time. Yeah. The other time, they kind of make tweaks to their design that changes things and improves stuff, but they don't necessarily make a big deal out of it. So we're seeing that kind of like with the keyboard, the butterfly keyboard, you know, they're saying there's this new kind of rubberized uh, padding in there that's making it not just less clicky, but also kind of keeping the dust out of there that some people were saying was disabling their keyboard. So, I mean, it's one of these things where Apple, look, they're a big company. I get it. Um, they can't, not every single person that's buying this computer is necessarily using it for this um, video editing yep. or whatever, or this purpose. And yes, there's, they can't take into consideration every climate. You know, a lot of times when I'm editing on my computer, I can't believe how hot the thing yeah, is yeah. getting, you know? Um, so it's one of these things where I see where he's coming from and I think it's pretty interesting. I think on the flip side, what he's really trying to say is, look, you're spending a lot of money. These things are not cheap and there's more potential that's basically inside of these things that the average person can't unlock because the design you know, they want to make these things fanless and quiet and whatever. The design can't handle the stuff inside. That's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, and again, we'll see if they do any tweaks, but I thought it was really a measured approach to it. It wasn't, we've seen a lot of sensational videos right. about like, this is crap, Apple didn't do this. No, this is a very even kill. Like, to your point, we deserve, if we're paying this much for it, we deserve to at least know what is really happening or will there be some resolution you know on the flip side again we're not making excuses for apple i know for a fact i use adobe premiere it's not the most optimized app for a macbook just because of the way that apple can at least control and really work with the software and hardware when you're talking about final cut pro versus you know premiere but i premiere i prefer premiere because of the editing experience and because my computer gets hot it doesn't stop me from using premiere and that doesn't mean we should get penalized for using another app by literally, in some cases, it said it throttled the machine, the MacBook Pro, down to you know slower than the previous 2017 model of the MacBook Pro. And I, I think that's a flip side of all this is that you know he's he, you know you might not get the Core i9, you know you might yeah. save your money and just go with a, a lesser chip because you're sitting there going, am I really going to get the benefit out of this chip and spending all that money if it can't if I can't take advantage of it? So I think that's a, a it's it's good that we have people that do this kind of stuff. Uh, and I like that, you know, cause Apple's not going to tell you this. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is really, I mean, that's a great point just in this, the new generation of creators, YouTubers. Now, not all the time has it necessarily been accurate, but you can bring these, look, there's two instances now where we had unbox therapy show off Ben gate, which led to touch disease, which has proven to be true. At least we have Dave Lee showing this off. It at least brings this stuff to light that may or may not be true over time, but the fact that it can be an issue that Apple would normally never talk about. Like, let's think about the heyday of Apple, right? Uh, AntennaGate, even. People weren't doing internet YouTube videos about AntennaGate, but uh, people were talking about it. Now we're, like, seeing an actual video, straight-up data points, running software benchmark measurement apps that Apple can't now just say, oh, it, it might be, it, 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 kind of, it may or may not be. It, it's almost like, hey, at least it's definitely happened to this guy. And he's so calm about it. I think yeah. that's really the, the beauty of this video 
is that we've seen the sensational videos and this is not one of them. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who is clearly just looking out for everyone, just kind of saying like, hey, I want to bring this to your attention. I want you to know about this. He put he put his MacBook in a freezer, you know, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got that little, I think, it, what is it, the flyer camera? Yeah, the FL, FLIR, I don't know how you say it, but, you know, that thermal imaging camera, he's mm-hmm. got that. He breaks out that in the middle of this piece. So it's clear that he's done his homework. And also, I don't think he's hiding the fact that he used Premiere, like you said, which, you know, Apple's answer to this might be, look, that app's not not uh, made for, for our computer. It's not optimized for our computer. Mm-hmm. Final Cut Pro, we don't have any problems with it, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, But that's not true anyway, because my, my computer gets pretty hot on Final Cut. Yeah. So, and maybe it's just because I don't know how to use it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there like, you know, like I know like three shortcuts on, on Final Cut. I wish I knew them all, you know, <laughs> but it gets me through my day. <laughs> hey, uh, Rich, just a question just about the MacBook Pros in general. Touch Bar, where do you stand on that do you know do you like the touch bar do you prefer the regular old school physical keyboard i'm a non-touch bar guy and it kind of pained me to do the upgrade knowing that look i'm gonna have to deal with the touch bar because i want this power where do you stand in all that i just bought my new macbook i think it was last year and i specifically did not go with the touch bar which really pained me yeah because you get way less USB-C. You get way less options for your processor and your power. So they basically handicap you Mm -hmm. into if you want the non-touch bar version, you can't get everything that you want. And that was really annoying to me. So, But I I said, you know what? I'm not doing it. I'm not playing Apple's game. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get this computer that I want without the touch bar because I I did not ever see myself using it. And I think it was a $150 difference. So it wasn't really like a, a price difference. It was more of a standing my ground kind of thing and i just I, I think it's been how long has it been since the touch bar has been around and we haven't seen any really good use of it no and no one you know no new revelations no it doesn't make your workflow more efficient at all it no. to me it makes it less efficient quite honestly it's it's eye candy and it was almost their way to internally they thought oh we've got to give um the people some sort of touch option on this uh, on this laptop you know i'm using at least before this new macbook pro and we'll see i'm i'm gonna still see if i end up keeping it depending on what happens with this thermal throttling issue but you know i've been using a 2015 macbook pro and not upgrading it specifically because i'm like i'm not i don't right now i'm not gonna do it for the touch bar and now you know this year it's been what three when you're a creator three three and a half years you kind of got to make the move up oh yeah and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with the touch bar. But for them to just really force this and just kind of shove this down our throats, I know we get how Apple operates. They want to move you forward, but quite the touch bar is just not a great interface UI. It doesn't give you any major advantages. And the fact that they wouldn't even, I, I mean, they would be. I think it's more. It would look like egg on their face if they offered a non-touch bar 15-inch MacBook Pro and that ended up being the top seller. Right, and they can't do that because it's clearly not, that's not, that goes against what Apple, Apple, like you said, <laughs> they push you forward. It'd be like putting the headphone jack back on the iPhone people <laughs> all the time. Is that coming back? No, it's not coming back. Once Apple makes a move, it does not, they don't go backwards. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the thing I, that, that kind of annoys me about this is that we're seeing this progression. I get it. They, they successfully over and over have kind of forced us into ditching things. Like if you think about what used to be on a computer back in the day, they've gotten rid of everything. I mean, literally, and I love that. I love the clean idea 
that it's just two USB C's on mine and the, uh, you know, the headphone jack, which will probably eventually go away. <laughs> but, but I mean, think about what you used to have. You used to have all kinds of ports, all kinds of options. Now, you know, it really comes down to planning ahead and mm-hmm. figuring out what you want to bring with you to be able to connect everything. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, to me, I'd, I'd rather have a, you know, some of these other things that people talk about, like a, a micro SD card slot or, you know, some extra ports, all that kind of stuff. But it's fine. We make do. It, it also, though, speaks to an earlier point. We said, hey, not everyone is using the most high end editing system. And Apple is more and more over the years kind of geared towards targeting really the mainstream general consumer. They're, they've started to kind of get the backlash over the past couple of years for not catering to the pros, which are really the people that champion their platforms years ago the creatives the ones that made it cool that said hey we can create stuff they're not really just going for that kind of middle consumer and i'm not saying that they don't care but clearly these decisions look someone like my like my mom she'll let she'll let me figure out all the things that it needs to connect but at the end of the day does she really just need a computer that does email word processing and web browsing probably Right. And that's the beauty of it is that you have that in the MacBook. And the reality is when you're looking at the MacBook Pro, that is a pro computer. It should be for pros. And I get it. Not everyone that's buying this thing is a creator, but a lot of people that are buying it are pros in one way or another, you know, whether it's a business, whether it's creation, whatever it is, you know, you're doing uh, graphics. So I think they do need to think about that audience a little bit more. And maybe, you know, look, I'm not Apple. I don't know what their sales numbers are. I'm, and I'm sure that the sales of things like the iPhone, which by the way is a thousand bucks. And so is the entry level MacBook. So it's like, no matter what, (laughs) you know, they're making their money and it's like, do they really care? Do they, do they care about the 25% of people or whatever it is, 5% that are buying these super high end machines that need a micro SD card slot? No, they figure the people like me that need it will go out and get the little dongle that connects it. Yep. Yep. And they're fine, but they're fine by that. Yeah. So it, that you just kind of made me depressed when I, when I thought about it for a second, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't want to depress you. No, 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 no. Positive. Come no, no, on. no. This po- is great. De- depressing <laughs> when you said the iPhone 10 is a thousand dollars and the entry level MacBook, right? It's a thousand dollars. Like I, you know, we hear this all the time, but sometimes it gets you in a moment. You're like, Oh my gosh. That is that is crazy. But the funny thing is, when you think about the MacBook, I mean, okay, let's see how much it really is. It might be I don't, I don't even know. I haven't looked at the price of that in a while. Uh, it's twelve. Okay, it's thirteen hundred bucks. So, I mean, but the reality is, when you think about when people are purchasing these things, a lot of people are going iPhone only. You yeah. know, it's they're they're doing everything on iPhone. And if you think about yourself, like me, even the stuff you could do on your iPhone when it comes to video editing, when it comes to putting stuff together, I saw you tweeting about wanting, you know, uh, Adobe, uh, what is it? Photoshop on your, on your iPad pro. It's like, there's only little pieces here and there that are like the missing parts of the puzzle right mm-hmm. now where you don't, you can literally be a blogger or a creator and, and really get by without a computer. And you could still be pretty successful, especially if you're like sort of an Instagrammer, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do without a main system like this. So I find that pretty fascinating. So for you, Rich, if you were to make an upgrade, definitely sounds like you would pass on this model. But when when are you going to eventually going to have to do a touch bar MacBook Pro? I I mean, you're going to be I'm going to be forced into it. So I think this will be my last system because I like the. I like the power and I really like the spec. So what I did was I just maxed out my memory and my hard drive yep. to a place I wanted. And, uh, you know, next time I'll worry about the processor because I was, I was pretty happy. I'm not doing 
full edits. I do have an editor at KTLA that does my full edits. He uses that, uh, you know, the, the really high end Mac, uh, computer, you know, the one that looks like a trash can. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Mac pro (laughs) Mac pro. So he uses that. Um, so, I mean, we do have that here. I, you know, personally, I'm just doing stuff for, for Facebook and, Mm -hmm. and Instagram and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't need all the power, but it's nice to have. Nice. Well, I'll, you know, when you, when you go touch bar and you have to live it with it every day, we can, ha- we can have another podcast and uh, just cry, hold each other closely and cry about it. Per- we'll do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rich. Um, we're going to touch upon some of the just really quick hitting some of the latest iPhone rumors to catch people up to speed because we like to drop all the latest news. Uh, ben Geskin, Twitter leaker, showed off what is believed to purportedly be the front glass panels for the 2018 iPhone. They don't really show us anything we don't know. We all know about the three different models and we've heard about them ad nauseum 5.8 inch 6.1 inch lcd based one and a 6.5 inch large screen the the lower model and the higher end uh, model will be obviously oled screens the big thing here is there has been rumors that the 6.1 inch lcd model would have a slightly thicker bezel and these actual screen parts show that so it's just a way to visualize it people can go check it out but it's pretty and i don't see any indication that we won't be getting three iphones this september it 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 feels like it's a done deal right i think that makes a lot of sense because apple generally uses the current model as kind of like the base and they lower some you know like that's kind of like your entry and then they have other things that they build upon there so people have been asking for a bigger screen version of the iphone 10 and then you have that sort of middle screen so it's interesting so the small one will be oled and the big one will be oled but the middle one will be lcd so the small one will be premium, so the same size as the iPhone 10 will be the premium one, as well as the big one, which makes a lot of sense. The big is always the premium in, in the past, but that middle phone now will have cheaper parts inside. Are we thinking dual camera on that one or no? I, I mean, I, I feel like it's time for them just to move it all to dual camera. I know people say it may or may not, but um, I, I just from the component pricing, I can't imagine it being that much difference in price anymore. I guess we'll just have to see what Apple says, but I'll just throw it out there. I'm going to say, yeah, dual camera it just so the entire line looks the same. Okay. I, I'm just, I like I'm that. just throwing it out there. It, it makes sense because when you think about it, the last time that Apple sort of had majorly different stuff, I mean, right now they still have the, the, the small, you know, the iPhone 8, uh, which has the regular camera and then the 8 Plus. Correct. So, and then you have the iPhone 10. So it seems like they want to get everything in line perhaps, which would make some sense, but we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see. I mean, again, it wouldn't surprise me if they went single lens also, right? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I, I do Just think that there, there's got to be a cost differential yeah. there. And I think that that's part of it is they want to make this thing cost effective. Or no, well, I, no, never mind. I'd scratch that. They don't want to make no, this well, cost effective. I, no, you're right. For like them, iPhone, they do. Yeah, like for iPhone cost do. effective. Right? Yes, exactly. Not, Not a thousand the, bucks, but maybe more like right. 600, 700, whatever that number ends up being. So is that going to be confusing that the smaller model is is going to be more expensive? Is that what's going to happen here? Oh, I mean, totally. I, does, but does Apple, I mean, honestly, I, I joke about that because remember, the days of Apple having a single iPhone unit are done. They have multiple models. They're going to go to three models. I think the whole idea of confusion is, I don't think they really care anymore because they just know that at the end of the day, a user is going to figure out, oh, do I want the lower price one or the higher price one? Uh, yeah, this is how much budget I have. I'm just going to spend them uh, buy an iPhone based on the budget that I have. Yeah, and you it know? makes sense because you're sitting there. You know you're getting something that's pretty good overall. Yeah, yeah. But the reality is you're sitting there going, okay, I could spend, let's just say, 
let's just say $800 for the 5.8 inch model, or I can go 600 for the 6.1. I personally like the bigger screen. It's more in my budget. I don't really care that it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Exactly. I can't tell the difference between OLED and LCD. I'm just speaking third person, by the way, right now. You know, (laughs) you're you're in the store. You know, you're sitting there. You'd much rather have more bang for your buck, which seems like a bigger screen fits that. And you look at the 6.5 and they call those, don't they call those the anchor product where it's like 1500 bucks? You're like, whoa, I'm not spending that. But I'll go 6.1 for 600, but you're getting like half the components Mm -hmm. in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to transition to our next story because I think that whatever price you spend on an iPhone, this could potentially factor into your decision. Uh, This just dropped this morning. Declutter, they're a company where basically you sell your old technology for cash. But a lot of times these services to get a little PR bump, they do these fun surveys. And this is what they found. All right, Rich, 70% of US singles would prefer to date an iPhone user over an Android user. Oh, wow. Nearly half of women view an old phone as an immediate turnoff, and more than one-third of men feel a cracked screen demonstrates a lack of personal care and financial security. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that. Not, I don't know about the financial security, but I kind of agree with this. This is interesting. <laughs> I think that they're onto something here. No, I mean... Um, I definitely see people with cracked screens, and I wonder what else is wrong in their lives. Shut up. <laughs> All right. I'm serious. All right. If you, if, I mean, if I catch you on that day where your screen cracks, I'm like, you better take that to the store immediately. Top priority. I, Forget about everything else in your life. Take care of that screen. I'm like, look, this is the thing. You're on this every day of your life. I've seen people, including my, you know, close friends, family <laughs> members, and I'm watching them nearly cut their fingers oh, on so a cracked gross. screen. I'm like, what are you doing? This is the item that you use the most in your life. And I get it. It's the most frustrating thing when you crack your screen or you drop it and you don't, you know, we're all busy. I get it. But the reality is it's like, you know, whatever it costs to fix the screen, it's like, just do it. You know, you got to do it. Don't walk around with a cracked screen. I don't want to see that bloody finger on your screen. You know, (laughs) I I just think that number is, is kind of, I mean, not one to judge, but 70% of us singles really would prefer well, you to date think, an iPhone user. I mean, the, of course, yeah, it's about the market of what's out there, right? But, right, and and you got to think about it. You know, you, you see someone. There is definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a difference between the iPhone user and the Android user. And I've seen this over the years. And I think that when you look at you know teenagers, like it surprises me when mm-hmm. someone's using an Android. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love Android. I'm not you know saying I, I'm a hater because I I like both platforms ind- independently. But I I just find it interesting because iPhone is sort of like the main thing, the default. And I think the person that's choosing Android is choosing it for a reason. And sometimes that is price because they're like, oh, I'm not spending that money on Apple. But a lot of times it is also, it's kind of like they see it as like a choice in their life. Like I'm going against the man. (laughs) Well, you know what? I would tell you what's interesting. Uh, I have, my niece is a 14 year old. I have another niece that is 11. And what's interesting is what I hear from them now, they all are on iPhones but they actually, they aren't getting an Android phone anytime soon, but they actually fe- they actually like or think that Android is cooler based on their experiences with a Pixel phone. And Interesting. I thought, and I thought, yeah. you know, and I, I was like, is this how all your friends feel? And they said, not all of them, but they said a lot of people think that Android is actually cooler than iPhone, but they kind of like the whole ecosystem thing. Right. They still like the iPhone. Everyone uses an iPhone and it's not a bad phone by any means. I mean, it's a great phone, but they still, they have this, this thing like, oh, I want an Android. I wouldn't, 
not only would I not mind an Android phone, there are a lot of things that I like about an Android phone that are better than an iPhone, which is, I think it's a different change in mentality that from what at least we've been around typically from the generation standpoint. That is interesting. And they, they kind of see what Android's capable of, but mm -hmm. at the same time, you're right. It is about that ecosystem because there are a lot of nice things about Android, but the reality is Apple has built this giant kind of ecosystem that just works in so many different ways. You mm -hmm. know, when you look at, if you, let's say you switch to Android, okay, well, what are you going to use as your watch, right? What are your options there? Okay, well, there's not really that many good ones. I mean, you've got the Fitbit Versa, maybe a Samsung device, but you've got Apple and the, you know, Apple Watch and the iPhone that works so well. Okay, well, now what are you going to do about your Apple TV? Oh, man, I got to switch that out. I mean, you could use it, but maybe you want a Chromecast, you, you know, yeah. who knows? But my point is, it's, they're, they're both really good in different ways. But I think that overall, when you're in kind of one of them, and especially all your friends are on iMessage and they're on FaceTime and you're airdropping stuff, it's really <laughs> tough to get out of that. It is. It, it, I mean, even just that whole airdrop thing, that that is so – that's something that like everyone – you know, my, when my mom is using a feature like that, you know that it's super simple, super convenient. And when you took – if you took that away from her, she'd be lost. Could you imagine you go on your first date? you know, with some girl that you met and, you know, she's like, oh, airdrop me that photo we took tonight. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, and you're like, oh, um, can I, uh, can I Google drive that to you? You know, it just doesn't have the same ring, you know, it's just your, your relationship's going to be over pretty fast. If I text you that video file, it's going to compress <laughs> it. So let me upload it to the drive, my Google drive first, and then I'll email it to you. Oh, hold on. That link isn't working on Dropbox. I uh, forgot to share it, but, um, yeah, have you ever gotten a, a real old school, like if someone text messages you a video, it is the saddest thing you've ever seen. It is, it is, it is. It literally looks like nothing. It's like, it's like made up of eight pixels and it's just, it's, you can't make out anything. I mean, it's crazy. And it's like, you realize you're taken back. You're like, whoa, this is like kind of the reality for a lot of people. <laughs> this is, we're, we're such first worlders here. Like, oh, this is, this is a tough world. I mean, you can't, no. I can't do this. But it makes you realize why solutions like iMessage were created and why WhatsApp was created, Facebook Messenger. Whenever I'm sending anything that's sort of video, you know, specific or, or a picture, I always tell people, don't text it. You yeah. know, if I'm not using yeah. iMessage, you know, yeah. I'm like, don't text it because you're going to get literally, it's going to look fine on your tiny screen. But the second you try to do that, I've had my, I don't want to name names, but family members where I text <laughs> them a picture that's not through iMessage, they print out said picture. And it's like, I go over there and it's in a frame at their house. And I'm like, <laughs> this is really bad. Like, come on, you got to tell me. I'll Dropbox those to you or AirDrop, you know? Well, said family member must be pretty close if they frame that picture. <laughs> I'm not naming names. I'm not asking to name names. I'm not asking <laughs> to name names. Um, okay, here's just some, before we like talk about some other things, here's just a quick, uh, some other bullet points that came out of this ridiculously awesome survey. Um, they also said on Declutter when they did the survey, they found that some iPhone users have bad habits as well, like bad dating habits. So if you're an iPhone user, you're more likely to make a bathroom pit stop to use your phone during a date text friends mid-date to save them from their date going poorly, cancel on a date or end a relationship over text. I could, mm -hmm. look, you and I haven't been on a, a a casual date for a long time. So I don't know if this applies. I could, I totally know the two though, getting a text from a friend in the mid-date and going to the bathroom pit stop, that that definitely, that definitely happens. Oh, I've, I just did that the other night. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick and you like just quick, quick check of the old Facebook page or something. I mean, it's, it's terrible, but people do it. And I, 
it, and I'm doing that with my wife. You know, I can imagine <laughs> if you're just dating, clearly you want to check up and see what's going on. You know, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. I mean, take... when dates were bad back in the day, you just had to roll with it. Oh yeah, you now had to it's roll like with it. You had to, yeah, you had to power through it. You know, it's like <laughs> this is I. Oh man, I I've had a couple of those. Well, you remember, you're just like. This and the, the only thing you do is you know drive the person home at the you know <laughs> <laughs> that was it that oh was the, my god and you still had that awkward silence in the car you know it was just bad but nowadays it's like you got so many outs you can be on Instagram you can have a full relationship together and not even speak and still have like a oh, good date you it's, know it's I mean again we're not I know it may sound like we're old dudes talking about date well it's more because we're not we aren't dating anymore, but man, I feel like dating is so hard now listening to my friends that are still single. Like just the, the fact that you can just use your phone as the escape on a date. Oh my gosh. Oh, that, I, that, I, that's brutal. I love hearing from my one friend who's <laughs> doing the dating circuit, you know, and he's, he's my age, but it's just, it's crazy. It's fun. I mean, some of it sounds really fun. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> when he gets into those Tinder uh, stories, it sounds pretty interesting. But the rest of it, I don't need, you know? <laughs> oh, man. All right, Rich. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Uh, you know, we had, we had, we could always talk about this for every, for all days, all minutes, but also wanted you to talk about this new book that you have out. Please, like, pimp it, tell people about, like, what's going on with here? 101. 101 handy tips for tech tips for the iPhone. What, what, how did this all come about for you? So basically, I always wanted to write a book about tech tips, and I'm sitting there, and it was originally 101 handy tech tips, and I had them all listed out, ready to go, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wait a second, what do I get the most questions about on a daily basis? The iPhone. And so it, it really came to me when I'm sitting there at a hotel, and I heard this woman about two balconies down from me <laughs> talking with her friend on the phone about how to hide the contents of her text messages. So when they come in, <laughs> right, on her iPhone screen, the contents are hidden, but it still tells you that you got a message. And I'm sitting there and they're going back and forth trying to figure it out. She's like, oh, it's not in there. It's in the settings. She's like, I know how to do it. Let me ask my kid, whatever. She's like, no, I can't tell him, whatever. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to write this book because these are the kind of things that, you know, there's just so many tech tips out there for the iPhone. Why not put them in a book? So I sat down in a dark room for six months. That's I wrote awesome. them all out. Uh, I put it on Amazon. It's available on the Kindle. It's available as a PDF or EPUB if you want to download it. Uh, richontech.tv slash book. It sold well. Um, the best part, Brian, was putting it out there to the world and really wondering what the reaction was going to be, right? Because I didn't know if people were like, you're so stupid. Uh, you suck. I'm like, wait, am I back in high school? No, I just wrote a book. <laughs> That's awesome. Honestly, major props to you because just getting to that point where you're like, I'm going to hunker down and do this and get out there. I mean, that that's amazing to me. And I just want to say congratulations to you, just the effort and the blood, sweat and tears that it takes to do something like that, bro. Like that is awesome. It was, it was, it was a fun, it was a personal kind of challenge for myself because, you know, you always want to do a lot in this world. Uh, but to write it all down and to actually do it was tough and it, but it turned out great. I love it. The tips are in there. The emails I'm getting from people are amazing. Um, you know, now here's the thing for your audience, you, you know, you've got a very, highly um, sophisticated audience that is listening to this show. So they, they know a lot of this stuff. But I think if they bought it, I'd be curious to see how mm. many things in there they pick up. Because here we had a group of, uh, of teens come through the studio one day at KTLA. And I was sitting there, you know, uh, kind of working on my book a little bit. And I, I was like, oh, kids, I'm writing a book. Uh, but, you know, you guys know everything about the iPhone. They're like, yeah, we do. 
I'm like, well, let me try one, you know, let yeah, me try yeah, yeah. So I tried tip number two, which is like how to clear all your notifications at one time using a 3D Ooh. touch. And they were blown away. And I was like, boom, publishing tomorrow. I, I got one that blew someone's mind recently. Um, when you when you're in a iMessage or text message and you just kind of pull to the side and it reveals like the date and time that oh, it was yeah. sent. Yep. That, I can't I can't tell you how many people like that blows their mind. They're like, what? Yes. I did not know that existed. This is that's in the book. I forget which tip number that is, but that's in there. And oh, it's come on, Rich, those- there are 101. I expect you to know every single number designated <laughs> to each tip. There are so many little great things about the iPhone. And I think that's the beauty of this device. And I kind of wrote about this in the book is that this device on its surface is something I can hand to my mom or to the most sophisticated tech person. Mm -hmm. And they will both use it in very different ways. Mm -hmm, My mm -hmm. mom will use it to text. She'll be able to send pictures, do whatever. Very simple. But again, that power user can also see all the beauty that they built into this thing kind of underneath that top level. And I think that's really amazing because when you look at all the phones in the past, everything was just sort of thrown up. You know what I mean? It was just all out there. It's like you look at a menu and there's 500 things you can do with it. You look at sending a text and there's 5,000 ways to do it. With the iPhone, they made it super simple on the surface level. But when you dig a little tiny bit deeper, there's so much more functionality. Like like even something as simple as looking at a picture in your photo gallery, right? Mm -hmm. 90% of people swipe left and right. How many people actually swipe up? and reveal all the different things that you can do with that photo. Not many. I've actually never done that. Try it. It's amazing. You look at it, and it's like, oh, now you can loop this photo. Now you can see the details and where it was taken. You can see the people in that photo. You can see nearby photos. That's the kind of stuff that you might have owned an iPhone for five years and never done that. Those are the kind of tips in the book. See, I actually just did it. I always just do it accidentally, but never remember like, oh yeah, that's all there. Right. Right, right. But then the thing about it is what what is cool about doing this, which I like, and I've always said I was a sucker for it, that whole, uh, do they call it memories or moments? I can't remember. But you know when Apple puts together those those nice snazzy videos? Right. I love those. I'm a sucker for those. My kids play them for me. They're always like, because they take pictures like around the house that are really funny with their iPads. And uh, then it makes them into those little memories, which make them even funnier because they're just so ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it, so they love those. I don't watch those as much, but I, I appreciate, again, <laughs> what Apple's doing, you know? They're doing the work for us. Exactly. You just look at it. It's disposable. It's there. So, um, Rich, thank you so much. So, again, uh, just one more reminder, just the many places yep. that they can find you again, just because I'm, I'm sure you can get a lot of new fans from this. Like you're the man and Rich is a great guy too, which is also why he's on the show. But to let people know again where they can find all your stuff. Thank you. Uh, richontech.tv is my website. So you can go there. You can find me on Twitter at Rich Demiro, Facebook and Instagram. I'm at Rich on Tech. And the book is 101 Handy Tech Tips for the iPhone. And Brian Tong, you are the man <laughs> nah. doing a great job on this. I know I've watched the progression from a couple months ago to now, and I love how you just keep building everything up. And everything gets a little more polished every time you do it, and people love seeing that. They love seeing that progression because you're inspiring to the person listening because you know they saw you with the with the you know million dollar crew, and now they're <laughs> seeing you do it on your own, and it's just as good, if not it's, better. It's the process, baby. Thank you, thank you so much, Rich. And obviously, we'd love to have you on the show again. Like, thanks for everything, bro. I just really appreciate all the kind words of encouragement and both of us. Like, we are hustling in this internet creator world and we're having fun doing it so we're both blessed to do it that's the beauty you gotta have fun brian thanks for having me on all right thanks rich appreciate it all right that's gonna do it for this week's show please remember 
to call in. I did have voicemails, but I'm just going to have to save them for next week. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. And again, to support this show, you can check it out at patreon.com slash Tong. We always have to show love to the Platinum Apples. We're inching closer to our goal to make this a weekly thing for really the end of time. Brandon Ledford, Platinum Apples, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, Andy Halverson, Wesley Frader, Michael Bullock, and Craig Hindall. Thank you for your support. And again, everybody, thank you so much for allowing me to continue to get this stuff out. So check us out, Apple Bits XL. We'll be back next week with more in-depth coverage and a look at all these things shaking around the Apple world. And I'm really curious. We won't we won't hear a response from Apple, but I'm gonna see how is everyone else's MacBook really reacting to some of this high-end editing, high-end processing, multi-core action. If you are doing that, I'm honestly going to find out for myself and we'll see what life is like with, for me, a touch bar MacBook Pro. And is this thing really going to be throttled based on the stuff that I do? We'll find out. All right. Take care. Have a great week. Be safe. Peace. Peace.